I just like was summing up in my mind the summer that we have had and um, what an incredible couple of sermon series that we have been through. If you've been with us these last few weeks or months, um, you know we did a, a series on suffering. We made it through that series in July and then we just wrapped up a series uh, from Luke on the different parables that Jordan and, and Solomon had wrote for us. And so I was thinking, like, what is the, God, what would be the, like, my sort of parting words you would want me to say to everyone kind of on the heels of that particular sermon series where we really looked at, if you remember the last two weeks, we looked at the parable of um, the prodigal son and this idea of how much God loves us. And even when we have run off and squandered all the things and made bad decisions, um, God welcomes us back with this just giant wellspring of love and mercy. How many of you know that God's mercies are new every morning? Every morning we wake up and have breath in our lungs, we are invited into God's new mercy. And so um, I was thinking like, okay, so what do we do with this now, right? Like, what do we do with all of this love and mercy that God has lavished on us? And, and how do we direct it outwards, right? Like, I, I think of the, I'm going to share with you in a moment here, the, the great commandment, you know, how we, you know, love God, you know, we love him back, but we also, like, he wants us to direct that love to others. And so why do I think this is important? Well, I think this commandment is really important, not just that we look at the first part of it, which is, you know, our love towards God, which is obviously important, um, but the second part of it. And so just to sum up, if you've never heard the great commandment before, here's Here's uh, in, from Luke 10. This is the translation from Luke 10, 25 through 28. And Jesus is talking uh, to, uh, to his followers and, and experts in the law. And so here an expert in the law on one occasion stood up before uh, Jesus to test him. And he said, teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And the man answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus said. Do this and you will live. And so out of this wellspring of love and grace that God gives to each one of us and offers us daily, this is how we pour out onto others is through this. And Paul puts it this way in our passage today in verse 10. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one, an, one another above yourselves. The New King James Version says it this way. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another. And so this word affectionate is, is in the Greek has this root word that we're going to hear twice today. And the first time, uh, it's philos. Philos is this root word for affectionate love. And so another way to look at that is um, prone to love or loving tenderly, loving tenderly one another. And I love that particular definition of loving tenderly, thinking about what does it look like to love others and think of others and not just 
ourselves. I mean, this is super countercultural, isn't it? This idea of like not thinking of ourselves, but actually thinking of others, loving others and thinking of them. I think especially here in New York, if you've lived here for any amount of time, probably uh, many of you came here for a job or to start a career or maybe uh, a relationship, you know, whatever your reasons are, right? Um, Often it's so easy to live here and stay focused on just our own thing, right? Our own needs, you know, what I can get out of the city, right? And we can fail to see Sometimes the needs around us of other people, even the needs around you of people right now that you might even be sitting next to. And so how do we do this thing? Like, how do we do this loving others affectionately? How how do we do it? Well, there's one thing that we have to start off to do, and that is to see people. Loving requires seeing people, like really seeing them. You know what I mean? Like one of the courses we teach here at Hope Midtown, if you've been around and maybe you've taken this course, is a course called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And I love there's one chapter towards the the end of the course that talks about what does it look like to go from treating a person like an it, right? Like what can I get out of you? What can you give to me, right? Treating them like an it, And shifting that to treating them as what? A vow. Treating them with respect. Looking at maybe what their needs are over our own. So so it's one of the one of the chapters in this book that we that we look at. And one of the parables that coincides with that chapter is the parable of the Good Samaritan. And maybe you're familiar with this story uh, from Luke 10, where Jesus talks about a man that's been beaten and like left on the side of the road for dead. And what happens? Well, first there's a priest that, think of like a clergy, that is walking down the same road as this guy. And what does the priest do? Well, he crosses to the other side of the road and he keeps going. And then it says there's a Levite. And he's also walking down the same road as this guy who's, who's beaten for, for dead down on the, on the street. And, and he what? He, he crosses over to the other side and keeps going. But not the Good Samaritan. Do you remember what the Good Samaritan does? He actually walks on the side of the road that this man is laying on. And let me read it to you. Luke 10, 33. But a Samaritan as he traveled came to where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, he bandaged his wounds, he poured on oil and wine, and then he put the man on his own donkey and and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The reason the Samaritan was able to love this man well was because he didn't pass by on the other side of the road. He actually saw the man. And friends, in order to love each other well in the body of Christ, and this is who this passage in in, uh, Romans, Paul is talking to, is the body of Christ. In order to love each other well, we have to see each other. We have to see each other's needs. We can't just be passing by, doing our thing. And it's not just seeing each other visually, right? It'd be easy to think, okay, we'll see with the eyes, right? That means just I visually, I visually see you. <laughs> well, 
Well, that's not, not totally what it is. I shared this definition with our, our online congregation a couple weeks ago. And the word saw that, that we use in this, in this passage here for the Good Samaritan and, and, and throughout the Bible is this word um, called oreo, oreo. I've been practicing this, oreo. And it's saw, and it's, it's, so it's got a couple different meanings here. So one is to see. One is to see visually with the eyes. But the other thing is to see with the mind or, or perceive, to, to know. And another is to become acquainted with by experience. And if we think about it, this is what the Good Samaritan did, didn't he? he? He saw him visually, right? He got close enough. He didn't pass by on the other side of the road. He saw him visually, but then he, he was able, because of that, to perceive what the man's needs were. And then, and then he went a step further. He took it, he put it into action, right? He put his love, his seeing into action and met the man's Need And so this idea of seeing not just being visual, but being willing to engage in an active type of love towards others. And in the example, he, he helps him, doesn't he? And maybe for you, you know, maybe that story conjures up some images that we see daily, don't we, in, in New York City. We, we daily see people in need. I mean, I was walking over here just this morning, and I saw at least two people on the side of the road in need. And, and, and we need to see them, and, and we need to help them, you know, where we're able to. Well, one of the things I love about this church is we, we really are, are like, want to be more, even more and more participatory in justice and mercy and serving the marginalized. And those things are super important. There's ways you can get involved in that. But I, I want to remind us this example is not just limited to that. This example of seeing people, of meeting their needs, of, of becoming acquainted with through experience also goes for all of us sitting right here, doesn't it? There's probably somebody sitting next to you right now that has a need. And so it doesn't just pertain to the marginalized. It pertains to those of us in the body of Christ and how we really see the people around us. Do we really see them? Do we really see each other enough to love them? Are we treating each other warmly? You know, we talk about, you know, when you walk in the, in the, the church doors, you know, are you a warm church or are you a cold church? You know, we hope and pray that we are a warm church, that when you walked in here this morning, if you're new, that you were greeted warmly with a hello and a smile and and that requires sacrifice, right? I know uh, Drew mentioned for the introverts in the room to even just say hello during the greeting time is hard, right? It requires some sacrifice sometimes. It means we have to lay aside the focus on our own comfort in order to meet the need of another, which kind of leads us to our second point today, and that is loving requires serving and serving requires sacrifice. Let me say that again. Loving requires serving, and serving requires sacrifice. Paul says in verse 11, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. And when the Holy Spirit is moving inside of us, hopefully we are spurred to serve others and this is how we serve the, lo the Lord. I was thinking about this this week. I was trying to rack my brain like, Lord, are there, what are the ways that we serve you? 
And most of the things I came up with, and it's not an exhaustive list, but most of them were about serving each other, serving other people, loving others through service. And this is what Jesus did in his ministry, isn't it? In in Matthew 20, 28, we learn, just as the Son of Man, Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, the people of Jesus' day, they did not understand this. I mean, this, talk about countercultural. This, this did not make any sense in Jesus' day. I mean, they thought the Messiah, the Son of God, was going to come and be like this, this king who was going to overthrow the government and have all this power. And what? He came as a servant. It was not like that. He came as a servant. He flipped that expectation And maybe we have that expectation. He flipped it on its head. He came as a servant. And as we draw personally closer to Jesus, that is what should mark our lives as well. This idea of servanthood, being a servant, serving others. But it comes at a cost, doesn't it? It requires sacrifice on our part, which isn't totally fun all the time. And, and, and hear me, I know sometimes it's easier just to show up here and sit in a pew on a Sunday and be like, yes, I'm going to enjoy the worship. I'm going to enjoy the word. I'm going to say hello to my people. And then I'm out, right? And sometimes that's all you can do. And that's okay. Sometimes that's all we can do is, is, is make it through that Sunday morning, right, for those couple of hours that it takes you to get here and, and worship and, and, and say hello. Or sometimes it's a, it's a financial offering, and, and we love those. <laughs> Don't stop doing those financial offerings. That generosity that Drew was talking about marks our church, and we're appreciative of that generosity. But I want to encourage us today that... <laughs> Sometimes it's easier to maybe think of just giving a financial offering than, than signing up to serve, like to come early to serve on our kids' team or our worship team or our production team. Did you know our production team always needs help? Always. Um, yeah, we have so many ministries, friends. We have so many ways to serve each other and serve our community and serve our neighbors within this local body. But we acknowledge it, it requires a sacrifice. I see Bertie, you know, Bertie, what time did you show up here today? Eight o'clock, right? <laughs> that was a sacrifice that she made so she could help lead us in worship today. And sometimes God calls us to that, is to make those sacrifices. And please hear me, I know how busy we are. I've been living in New York City on and off for the last 25, 30 years. I get it. Like, we are so busy. We're working so hard Monday through Friday. By Saturday, we're crashing. And then by Sunday, if we can drag ourselves here, we're thankful. But we're working so hard, right, just to afford to live here sometimes. Like, I get it. I understand. But I hope that these words from Paul encourage us and challenge us to Keep that spiritual fervor so that we can love each other sacrificially through serving one another in the body of Christ. Whether it's here, whether it's some other ministry you serve in, whatever. But let's keep that spiritual fervor so we can serve him. And then lastly, this passage in Romans. I love what what he talks about. Love requires 
hospitality. Love requires hospitality. Verse 13, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. It's such a great verse. Practice hospitality. So succinct. And guess what? That, remember that root word philo I, I talked about earlier in loving affectionately? Philo, same root word in the word hospitality. Same word, this philo, hospitality requires love. Love requires hospitality. Hospitality is love. Jordan talked about this a little bit last week, if you were here with us, in the, in the parable that he shared about generous hospitality and how the Father shows us that generous hospitality, and we are to show that to others. And that's one of the ways that we love people is through hospitality. And that can take many different forms, can it? I was thinking um, about my husband and I met here in the, the mid to late 90s, and we had a small apartment over in Hell's Kitchen, and one of the things we used to love to do was to host parties. We would, we would have like a New Year's Eve party. We would like, I think in 2000, yeah, we had the, you know, the, the, the 2000, were you anybody here in 2000? They had the, you know, Y2K or whatever, like, you know, we had all the, you know, we would throw these like parties, we'd throw like an Oscars party, we'd have people for dinner. We would pack like 30 to 35 people in our small apartment. I still don't know how we did it, but we just did it. We didn't care. And one of the things I'll never forget And listen to me here, because there may be somebody sitting next to you right now who would say the same thing. One of the things I will never forget is is people repeatedly telling us, Kathy, I've lived here 10 years, and no one's ever invited me to their apartment. 10 years. I was like, that can't be right. (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah. I've lived here 10 years and no one's ever invited me to their house. I thought, that's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy. Why is that? But I guarantee you there are people sitting here in this room that might say that as well, that haven't been shown hospitality and the love that comes through that. And and so my, my encouragement is don't underestimate what your invitation to hospitality will speak to another. Don't underestimate that. And listen, friends, nobody cares what your apartment looks like. <laughs> mine, mine, you know, I used to worry about that kind of stuff. I would be like, oh, I got to clean everything. I got to, everything's got to be, oh, we got to have a place to, for everybody to sit. No, people stand. Nobody cares. Nobody cares what your apartment looks like or how many square feet you've got or what kind of furniture it's furnished with. Nobody cares about that. What they care about is the love that you show them through the invitation. That's love. Hospitality. It's about the presence of your personhood, your invitation to them, your presence that you're giving to them, and the Holy Spirit that that you offer them. I was thinking about this um, earlier, and I shared this. You know, one of the things I love about the hub, if you've been to the hub, hopefully if you haven't been, you'll go tomorrow, go to the cookout, Um, that building has been a place of generous hospitality over the last two years. Generous hospitality. And that is what the Lord asks of us, is to be generously hospitable. Why? That's who Jesus was. Jesus was generously hospitable to everyone around him. 
when he, is, when he was here on earth in, in his ministry, and he calls us to the same. And listen, I understand this may be totally out of your comfort zone. You may be like, Gabby, I am an introvert. I can't have people to my apartment, or maybe I've got a roommate that would make it really difficult. Guess what? You live in New York City. There's coffee houses everywhere. <laughs> Find a Starbucks. Invite somebody to coffee. Invite them to lunch, whatever. Like, just you're loving each other. And don't underestimate how many people don't get invitations like that often. So what would it look like to, to hospitably invite someone into your presence, into the presence of God who you carry with you? When we know Jesus, we carry God with us. And so again, I want to remind us as we wrap this thing up, this, these words from Paul really are to us. They are to the body of Christ. We are to lead the example for the rest of the world, the rest of our city in the context that we've been placed in. And what I love is that if you know anything about the Christians, the early Christians in Rome during this time, they didn't meet in like these giant, you know, temples or, or big, you know, churches. I mean, they met in small apartments and homes. They were hospitable to one another. And I think they really had a good handle on this. And so, so Paul encouraged us, to, is, encouraged us to this greater love and service and hospitality. And so I want, to, I want us to, to think about who might God be asking you to be hospitable to today? Maybe it's somebody sitting right next to you. Maybe it's your spouse. <laughs> Maybe it's your roommate. Maybe it's your son or daughter. Who might God be inviting you into this service and to step out into more generous hospitality? So friends, I, I want to make this last point as we sum this up. I, I really, of all these things that Paul is calling us to, to love affectionately, to serve one another, to serve the Lord through serving others, and to show hospitality. Guess what? They all require sacrifice. And it's not easy. I know firsthand it's not easy to really see somebody. We have to sacrifice, don't we? To really see them. We have to like kind of put our own thing aside to the side and say, no, I'm going to really focus on this other person and what their needs are. To serve one another, to be hosp hospitable, we have to sacrifice. And so what I want to encourage us today to think about is this thing called time. This thing that we, this asset, this resource that we have called time. Because service and hospitality, and even love, but primarily service and hospitality, the sacrifice they require is time. And so I want to ask us today, have you surrendered your time to God? Have you surrendered it? Have you said, God, my time is yours? Have you said that to him lately? Have you offered that up to him? And again, it, it may be easy to, you know, not easy, but it, it's, you know, to scan the QR code, give the financial gift, to show up here on a Sunday. Those things, 
maybe don't require as much sacrifice. I don't know, with inflation, they probably do. <laughs> but my point is, is you have another valuable resource called time. And maybe the Lord is inviting you into a space to surrender that in order to, to do greater service, to do greater hospitality, to be more generous in that area. And it can be so easy to get caught up in that hamster wheel, can it? I get it. We're working so hard. We're working so hard. But I want to encourage us that we can't afford not to serve and to show hospitality and to love affectionately. Because I truly believe that when we do that, when we bless other people with our time, our presence, our service, we're going to receive blessing from God. I truly believe that. I've seen it in my own life. And so as I, and I want to invite the worship team um, to come back up. Um, I was really thinking about this, again, as I was thinking of my last words here. <laughs> um, over the last four to five years, I've had the privilege of having a front row seat, being on the staff on and off, literally being sitting there, <laughs> um, to how this church has grown. It has grown tremendously. And even throughout covid I watched it grow. New visitors. We had 15 new people to intro to Hope two weeks ago alone. But I saw handfuls of people, new people walking in. Welcome if you're new. We're really glad that you decided to come here today. But as we grow, as we grow as a body on mission together to do God's work in this city, we need more servers. We need more people to say, yes, Lord, I want to give you more of my time. I want to show up and I want to help Evan back there with the, you know, with the, the slide thingy, <laughs> which doesn't require much, much cap capability or, or skill. Um, just one example. So many examples. But as we grow and serve others, maybe God's calling you today to greater generosity in your own service and love and hospitality to others. And so um, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what God is gonna continue to do in this church. I'm thrilled that I got to be a part of it um, for a time. And I just wanna encourage you, you know, whether it's joining a service, service team or joining a home group or just taking somebody out to coffee that you just met this morning, you know, whatever it is, we can only do this because of the love that God has showered on us. We can't do this out of our own humanness, right? We're, we're so, we tend to be self-focused. <laughs> we, we tend to have this, you know, again, and it's perpetuated by our culture here, I think, in New York City. But like, we can do this because of the love the Father has shown us, because of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on a cross. And if you're here today and, and you're like, who is this Jesus guy again? Like, what did he do for me? I just want to encourage you today that, that God wants a relationship with you. God wants a personal relationship with you, not just a religion, just something you do on a Sunday, but God wants to know you. He does know you. He created you and he wants you to know him. And he made a way for that through Jesus, who was the servant modeling for us what it looks like to love others well. And so I want to invite us to stand now. We're going to we're going to wrap this thing up in worship, but before we do that, I just want to give us a couple moments to genuinely reflect 
And if you wanna open your hands in, in a posture of surrender, um, you're welcome to do that. If you wanna bow your heads, you can do that too. But I wanna just give us a couple quiet moments to really ask God this morning, Lord, where can I be more generous with my time to serve you? Lord, who can I be more generous to with my time? Lord, are there greater areas of service here in the local body of Christ that you would invite me to to step up and to give of myself as Jesus gave for me. And again, maybe you're here today and, and, and you don't, this is the first time you've ever heard about God sending his only son to die for you. And so maybe today God is inviting you just into a, a simple step of trust. To say, God, I, I, I want to trust you. I want to I wanna know this Jesus, this guy that sacrificed all for me. Let's just spend a moment and ask the Lord, Lord, what would you say to us today? sense this morning that there may be some here that that actually just need to receive that need to receive the Father's love today that are weary who've maybe been trying to serve and work and do all the things out of their own strength and so Lord would you encourage them this morning they don't have to do it out of their own strength or that you are walking in front of them holding them Lord so that they can walk and not grow weary and run and not faint Lord would you remind them of your grace and your mercy today Lord, for those of us who you have put your finger on and said, give me your time. Father, I pray you would take that sacrifice today, Lord, and that you would multiply their time. Lord, would you bless them for saying, yes, I want to give you my time, Lord, and would you multiply their time. Father, we thank you that <laughs> there's nothing we can do on our own, that you are... <laughs> our constant provider and our strength and our source. And God, help us to remember to tap into the power and the strength that you offer to us and your mercy that is new to us every morning, Lord. We love you and thank you for that. God, we surrender our lives to you afresh today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue in worship.